You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And welcome to the Locked On Cavs podcast. I am always, as always rather, Chris Manning, your host from FearTheSword.com, SB Nation's Cavs site, as well as places like Forbes and Cleveland Magazines. If you aren't already, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Megaphone, wherever you get your shows, you can find Locked On Cavs. We're on Twitter and Facebook at Locked On Cavs. I am on Twitter and Instagram at CWMWrite. So today's show, I am joined in the quote-unquote studio by special guest Zach Colesar, a freelance writer based in Cleveland. Uh, you can find Zach on Twitter at Zach A Presents, I believe. Uh, no A. Just, no A? Just Zach, Zach Presents? Okay, yeah. so it's at Zach, that's Zach with a K, Presents on Twitter. Zach, what's going on, buddy? I'm glad to be talking Cavs again. Yeah, this is a throwback, so if anyone, if there's like one person out there, shout out to my dad probably listening to this, being like, hey, like I've been reading Chris's stuff since he was a cop. Zach got me into Cavs blogging in the first place. So it's a link up, it's an OG link up of... The Cavs sphere. Um, we're going to talk about the Cavs losing to the Orlando Magic 94-85 on Wednesday night in their season opener. Colin Sexton and Tristan Thompson each had 16 points to lead the Cavs. Kevin Love adds 11 and 17. Darius Garland scores 8 in his NBA debut. Jetty Osmond adds 13. The Cavs did trail by as many as 20 in this game. Um, but did show some resiliency that I don't think they would have showed last year. That's one of the positives I think we'll get into. The way we're going to do the show, first segment, positive. Second segment, some of the stuff that we did like from this game. And then third section, just because it's game one, um, we're just going to talk about Darius Garland and talk a little bit about Kevin Porter Jr. Any other stray observations that we had? We will have a show. T- I will have at least have a show tomorrow talking about uh, Saturday's Cavs Pacers game, and then talk as well as some insight into Alfonso McKinney from Brady Klopfer from um, Unstoppable Baby and places like The Athletic. Um, all right, Zach. So for you, you watch this game. They lose by nine. Just what's like a of positive you saw what's like something that actually stood out to you in a good lens yeah i'm glad we're starting off with the positives because like off air i know we talked about like some negatives um that happened but um i mean we watched this game and we were like oh like we thought several times to think they were going to break a little bit they were going to kind of fall apart a little bit there's a lot that was not great we'll say but good things yeah i mean you you can't be upset with the effort like on from game one uh you know things could have gone a lot worse like there was a point where it was looking like uh you know, they could have lost by about 20 there, but, um, you know, they came out back in that third quarter with that starting unit that, you know, looked looked pretty good for, like, you know, comparable to what the Cavs had offered last season. Um, something that could be, like, really promising um, development for the Cavs in, you know, 2019-2020. The resiliency is, like, a really interesting thing because, I mean, you and I, you think about, like, even, like, the LeBron teams when you watch them, sometimes you just feel like they would just kind of break and not really, like... Not saying, like, they wouldn't try, but it's, like, you could just see them just kind of, like, you knew they were going to lose. And I think last year it got to a certain point where you knew if they got down by 15, like, there was just not really a chance they were going to put in the effort to come back. This is game one. Like, the, this is um, very early in the season. We'll see if that sustains. But it was really impressive to see how um, they just kind of came back after halftime, like you said, and, like, went on a run. Um, they then you know took another punch back to the chin and Orlando gets back in that double digit lead I think going into late third quarter early fourth and they get it back down and they, even at the end of the game 
it's a two-possession game um, with like 40 seconds to go. It ends up not mattering because Orlando, they couldn't get a turnover. The Cavs have to file with like 29 seconds to go, and Orlando makes free throws, so it's kind of out of reach at that point. But they kept clawing and clawing and clawing. And like, I, I don't, again, this is like something you have to sustain over an 82-game season. I don't know if they can do that. Um, but if they can do that for most of the season, considering I think they're going to lose a lot, that's like a good thing compared to last year, I, think, I would say. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what else? What else to you? Who was like the guy that for you, whether it was Sexton, Tristan, whomever, that you're like, wow, I like what they did in this game? Because uh, for me, there's like three guys. You know, um, I, I was really looking forward to uh, seeing uh, Kevin Love start off the season healthy and to see what he could do. But, uh, you know, just offensively, he didn't really impress me. And I was looking more toward... Uh, what uh, Sexton and Garland were doing, uh, you know, from the the backcourt, and I, you know, I, I really liked um, seeing like what Sexton had to do. Um, I think he was pretty aggressive uh, in trying to get to the rim, and um, I think that him and Garland are going to work really well together. And I think they, you, you know, they showed that that can that can be something that works. Well, I I also think it's I like that we started game one with them just starting. Like I, I just I don't know if it, if it, if you feel this way, but I just feel like if we would have like started Delhi this game, and I thought Delhi was actually somewhat okay in this game, even though his numbers weren't great. There was some stuff he did that I liked. I don't think I would have been as interested if like we weren't seeing Garland and Sexton playing for new. Well, like even that, just seeing this, if like this is going to be the starting five for the for for the foreseeable future, that is more interesting to me than like having to insert Darius in November or December something like that. I think I'd rather just start here, start collecting data and film and getting and just in terms of like them, you want them to get comfortable and just see if it's going to work or not. Yeah, and I think that uh, you know really helps with Garland's confidence. Uh, you know, starting starting off right away and, and being a rookie because. Sometimes, you know, you, you see uh, teams will, you know, despite how good their rookies are, they'll, you know, they'll start them coming off the bench and not give them as many minutes uh, right away. But, you know, Garland looked really hungry and he, he like, sees, you know, a lot of opportunities when he was out there on the court today. Yeah, I think you do see him, like, he moves, he, I think the biggest thing with him and Sexton, I think we saw this in the preseason, he plays at, like, a lower speed than Sexton. Like, Sexton is, like, trying to barrel in all the time. Like, if he was a rapper, he would be, like... Uh, like I would say a couple years ago, Danny Brown, who's just coming out and like just rapping really hard and rapping really fast, or like I don't know if there's like a better example than that of someone like that. Maybe it's like the baby who just like isn't like he's just like really quick songs. It's really like energetic and fast and to the point. Whereas like Garland's more like the in the Freddie Gibbs zone where he's like slowed down. He's like gonna, you're gonna get fast stuff. You're gonna get bursts of stuff, but he's like methodical in what he's doing. And I think there's that really interesting contrast there. Yeah, so, you know, what do you think they're going to do to, you know, be able to bounce that? Do you think they're going to, like, meet somewhere in the middle? Or do you think one of the players is going to speed up? Or you think Sexton's going to come down to... Because it didn't really look like Sexton um, seemed like he wanted to, you know, come down to a slower pace uh, to, you know, like tonight. No, I think that's that's going to be one of the, the, like, the things we have to see. And I don't, like, I would, I think on a rewatcher, just, like, looking at the film again, I would be curious to see which one of them is, like, spotting up more and which one of them is, um, which one of them is, like, more active and doing more stuff off ball. That's something I think I, I at least have a hard time seeing on first watch. But I think looking back at it, I wonder if one of them is going to be more comfortable, like... Being the facilitator in the middle, getting you know assist numbers, and maybe not taking as many shots or uh, picking their spots, but I think that'll be kind of something you just kind of see how that kind of balances itself out. Because I also you look at this, um, looking at just the shot numbers, Kevin Love shoots ten times, Jetty Osmond shoots nine, and this is just for the starters. Tristan shoots eleven, 
Colin shoots 15, Derrick shoots 9. I can't imagine there are going to be a lot of games where if you include Nance shooting 11 times and Clarkson shooting 12 times off the bench, where Kevin Love is going to be 4th in shots or 5th in shots. Like that, I just don't think that's going to be a thing that we see like going forward. Um, another positive for me is I do think that in terms of rebounding, you know, it didn't end up like mattering, but I do think Kevin Love pulling down 18, seven, 18 rebounds overall, 17 over on the defensive end, and, and Tristan Thompson having 11 and Larry Nance corralling 10 defensive rebounds and also having four offensive rebounds. The Cavs as a team out-rebounded Orlando 54 to 46. I think that advantage, if they can do something like that, and they can just, even if when they get stops, and I do think the defense actually was good tonight um, to some extent. It wasn't great, but like they, Orlando only shot like 43% from the field, 30% from three. You know, some of that's missed open shots, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, the defense definitely had like a bend, but don't break. Yeah, it too. Like it, it, it was getting there to a point where it looked like it could have, you know, the floodgates could open, but, you know, they held strong. And they tried. Like they tried, at least, I think is a big thing. Um, But if they can get rebounds like that going forward, I feel good about them at least like if they can get stops that at least gives them a chance to like slow things down and at least not like give team second chances and give and give give themselves a little bit more of a chance at least something they can lean on just like a little bit to kind of get themselves through um wrap up this first section on the zach what do you make of the rotation just it's not that we we don't john henson doesn't play says doesn't play because of injuries uh doesn't win their slot we expect him to be in the rotation there's no Brandon Knight in this. Um, it's it's Love, Osmond, Thompson, Sexton, Garland, Nance, Porter, Delhi, and Clarkson. What do you make of that nine-man group we saw? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, w- once those players you name uh, get back into the rotation, that'll help it a lot because, you know, the to me, like, the the bench just, you know, really struggled at, at points tonight. Um, and Orlando definitely took advantage of that. Um, but, you know, as you pointed out, like, you know, we, we went for rotation of, like, you know, nine – nine guys primarily and um you know those those young guys our starting lineup got you know a lot of minutes yeah for you know you know younger guys yeah and i think you could tell too like that beeline doesn't know exactly how he wants to deploy everyone because i thought the subbing patterns were like a little um like kevin would come in for like two minutes at a time and then go back to the bench i wonder if that changes as we go forward all right we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to be back um, with more of this episode of locked on cavaliers if you haven't already, please go find Locked on Browns wherever you get podcasts. You can find that where you get um, your Locked on Cavs feed, your Locked on Indians feed, any other Locked on podcast you can get Locked on Browns. There. Jeff Lloyd's doing a great job getting you ready for every Browns game. He's a machine, records these super long podcasts. Um, I don't know how he does it, but he does. But you're going to want to subscribe and get listening to that show before Browns Patriots on Sunday. We're going to be right back. All right, we're back. Chris Manning here with Zach Holsar. Zach, the negative. Um, I want to start with Kevin because I felt he was off in the preseason. His numbers were really bad in the preseason, like 20% from three, 30-something percent shooting from the field. Here's his here's his just stat line in this game. 36 minutes, which was a team high. 4-10 from the field, only takes one three, misses it. 3-4 from the line, 18 boards, three assists, one steal, zero blocks, two turnovers. Um, overall, a minus, plus minus of negative 15, 11 points. You don't put too much stock into single game plus minus. I thought when you watched this game, you saw Kevin kind of, you saw him, I think you noticed calling for the ball. You used out kind of asking like, hey, like, let's give me the ball. Like, let's kind of get stuff in, kind of get stuff going with me. I don't feel like we know that or kind of got the idea of like that Kevin 
looked super comfortable. Um, I kind of felt like he was like an accessory when I think he should be more of a focal point. I'll be curious to see like what the adjustment is for him Saturday against, you know, good front court and Sabonis and Turner. You know, you got the Bucks next week. You got good teams coming up. Um, they're going to need him if they're going to be competitive. They needed him, I think, more in this game if they wanted to have a chance to win. Um, you know, he wasn't really part of their comebacks. I think kind of his fit here was a little bit weirder than I thought it might be. What do you think of that? Yeah, um, you, you know, uh, I definitely thought that was the first thing that I pointed out of, you know, I thought, you know, Bukowski improved on the most was, was Love's play. Um, you know, you did point out that, you know, he, he was a monster on the boards tonight. You know, there's no denying that. But um, I think it had something to do with uh, he, didn't, he didn't look too confident. There were a lot of, like, putback, easy putback shots that he was missing. And I think, like, you know, each successive one was just, you know, kind of draining him a little bit. Um, you know, you did mention he, he only did take uh, two shots from outside, um, you know, which we kind of like to see more of that from, from Love, especially like those corner threes. I'm thinking that, you know, maybe it's just, you know, Love got a little bit in his head tonight, like early on in that first quarter. I mean, he hasn't, played, he hasn't played much basketball in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, gets hurt preseason last year, plays like a couple games, misses until the end of the season, then goes away. He's probably not all like comfortable yet, I would imagine, right? Like, I mean, that's just like a lot of time. So I don't think I think it's fair to, to be patient with him and kind of see what's going to go on with him. Um, yeah, he'll he'll you know he'll have ebbs and flows. He'll have games like these. Yeah, but um, you know, I don't I don't think it's anything to be like concerned about at all. Like, I just think it you know just happened to be like you know he had one of those games. Would you would you would you force feed him more? I know that's, that doesn't seem like it's Beeline's mo, but would you maybe like try to? Like, last year, I distinctly remember, like, the first set of the season was, like, Tyron Lue drew up a set in Toronto, and how crazy to think of Tyron Lue a year ago. He gives Kevin Love the ball at the top of the key, and, like, Kevin Love is, like, initiating things. I wonder if we just see that adjustment a little bit. Yeah, do you think, uh, you know, it, is this just something that we're seeing from Beeline's offense? Uh, I think it's know? part of it. I think his offense is a little bit, um, you know, share the wealth. It's a little bit of, you know, it's not going to be, like, I think it is in terms of the aesthetic, like, People that are watching a lot of Cavs the last, you know, half decade, and even really, if you want to go back to like the Kyrie Dion era, it's a lot of like iso ball. It's a lot of pick and roll. You're gonna see pick and rolls here. You're gonna see stuff, but it's not like funneled through certain guys. It's funneled through spots on the floor. It seems like in motion and flow, and you know, in Tristan's case, like he's the dive man in this. He's kind of the guy doing all the work in the middle. Kevin's not, you know. He's asking for post-ups and stuff, and I think those are part of the offense, but I think, like, the natural role man in this is, is going to be Tristan or, or Larry. So I wonder if, like, do we see Kevin at the five in some instances once they get guys back? I wonder what the adjustments to kind of maximize Kevin is because I think he's the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, you know, just if you want to look at it from a pure basketball perspective, you want to have him playing better. Um, secondly, I think, you know, if you want to, like, if you want to, like, maximize his value – he probably needs to play better than this, I would imagine. Yeah, the, yeah, definitely. Which is a but, cynical way of looking at it, but like that's the reality of but it. But I do think you, you know, you hit on a point there with the offense. You know, could do a better job of being run through him instead of you know, like Kevin Love having to you know make opportunities for yeah. himself. And he could have. I mean, I think to his fault, he missed like some shots he probably should have made, mm-hmm. and like missed a post up that he probably should have converted. Like he he has to maximize those opportunities. But like I want Channing Fry tweet about this. Um, I wonder like 10 shots just seems really low to me for him. I'll be curious to kind of see if there's stuff he passed up or whatnot, but we'll see. Um, other negatives, you know, I liked 
I liked Kevin Porter Jr. getting kind of consistent minutes. I think 17 minutes is about right for him. But 0-6 from the field, um, I think forced some shots a little bit, struggled on defense a little bit, kind of like he tried, but I, you can see that he just doesn't have like that part of his game down yet. Um, I'm not like super concerned about that, but I would think it was notable that like he, you know, didn't score. That's kind of his value. Um, you saw like can pull off like some nice, some nice moves and stuff that is already there in his game, but he doesn't have them like ironed down. And I think this is just like a reminder that this guy's really, really raw. So I don't know if I like, I'm like, this is the, the, probably the most comfortable I would be with like anyone going 0-6 in a game, Like that's fine. Do you agree with any, any takes on KPJ? Um, or anyone else that you're like, yeah, this was a problem. You know, like, that was, you know, who I was most excited for during the, you know, the, the preseason was Kevin Porter. And I, I don't I don't think he, like, lived up to what I was expecting to see. But it's game one. Yeah. It's game one. I mean, it's not, like, a rush. I mean, I, I think but, it's good that he's playing. I think that's, like, and I, I like that he was in the game um, when they were trying to come back. Like, I feel at least okay about that. So, um, Jordan Clarkson. Um, 2 of 12 oh five 5 from 3 he feels like he doesn't jibe with everything else in the roster um, how do you feel about what we saw from, from Jordan I think he missed some shots he should make but do you, what do you feel in terms of just like him not being like just what did you feel about Jordan's game just seemed like really out of place like he was just kind of like there going through the motions he if, if there's one thing I like about this, the setup with him, it's going to be interesting to see if this holds up. He was, I wonder if part of the reason to start going from day one is just to like, I would have, I'll have to go back and look and we'll have to see what the data kind of spews out and tells us about this. Garland starting means Clarkson's playing with Delhi, and he's not playing with one of Garland or Sexton. He played a ton with Sexton last year. The data says it's bad. The film was bad. Um, I wonder if this is, like, a way to kind of, like, the best way to use him is sort of in this. And he's kind of going to be, like, a, a low – he's going to be at his lowest sometimes. He's going to be at his highest other times. Um, it's just that kind of night where he's, like, 2 of 12, it's just, like, that stands out. It's just really jarring. And maybe that's just – that's maybe just his game a little bit is that he's just 2 of 12. I mean, I think I went through this with him last year and thinking about what he provided. Like, he's going to be negative on defense, um, you know, is only a 7 points, 2 of 12 – you know, misses all of his threes. That's just like when he needs to be like a ju- like a, a juice kind of leader guy, that's kind of tough. I I think it's interesting he only played 18 minutes. I mean, just it's interesting. You look at the minutes distribution here. The starters, except for Jetty, all played above 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, surprised to see, you know, even Garland get yeah. that many minutes. Yeah. Um, Nance played 27. He's the only bench guy that got above 20. Clarkson plays 18 minutes. I mean... He twelve shots in eighteen minutes. Good, good for Jordan for getting for getting his looks up. But um, what do you? I mean, you that to me makes sense. But I mean, do you think that there's some any downside to Jordan like only playing eighteen minutes when he's to his credit like a good shot creator to some degree? Like, is there a downside to not playing him more? Yeah, I'm, especially with uh, you know the the bench not you know being at full strength right now because you know this is the time when he should be playing more minutes. Because you you need to be like utilizing that so you don't have you know other players killing out like halfway through the season, especially when you like need shooting theoretically. Mm-hmm. Um, last guy we'll kind of talk about but, here and then yeah go ahead. But yeah, I mean like over like overall the the team just the from the bench standpoint made one one point outside the arc one one shot. 
yeah, the bench makes one three. It's a Larian inch three. He misses four. I think airballed one at one point. Um, Daly misses his threes and stuff. And you, so yeah, it wasn't like you know, it wasn't yeah. just like Clarkson who was you know putting up duds. Like it was you know kind of contagious throughout the bench. Yeah, I'm not gonna harp on like the single game like super advanced numbers here, but like if you look at the offensive rating, it was bad. You look at the any sh- just shooting number, it was bad. Um, the offense just wasn't good. You would hope that the they get more comfortable in the system, it gets a little bit better. Um, yeah, it's never a good sign when you're scoring in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Orlando's, like, was the, the best defense in league, like, from, like, the All-Star break on or something last year, but, like, 85 points. Like, so you and I were watching this game. We flipped to... Pretty much every single game in the third, <laughs> yes. in the third quarter. Yeah. By the end of the third quarter. Well, in particular, we flipped to... I We flipped to Nets and... Um, the Wolves and that game, it felt like a different sport because it was smaller players. It was more, it was faster paced. It was like more shooting. It was like a lot more threes. And some of that's Kyrie, some of that's Cat. But this like this was a very slow game. This was like a <laughs> slow kind of Steve Cliffordy kind of Orlando dominated game. Um, I think you definitely feel like Orlando controlled the pace of this game a little bit. Um, two other quick, just kind of nitpicks. I would say Sexton. I think there's still some stuff where like he was hunting a shot a little bit and like you want to see him just maybe slow down just a bit. We'll see. I think he, to his credit, he is doing that more, but we'll see if that continues. Um, and then for, for Jetty, I just felt like he disappeared in the middle of this game. Like he had, I think 10 or he had either seven points in the first quarter. I think it's yeah, seven points really first quarter start. for first quarter. It's two threes late, but committed some of them turnovers. The shot looks inconsistent. Um, I mean, what did you just make of him just kind of, like, not really being a factor for, like, two quarters of this game, it felt like? Yeah, um, well, like you said, I had to go back and watch. I don't know if it has, was something that Orlando noticed and Orlando, like, closed in on him. And, I mean, that's why uh, guys like Clarkson were taking 12 shots a game. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's with Jetty, like, it's just he needs to get a little more. There's some comfort there. I don't, I don't know. He And he's not going to be, like, the leader of the team. But things did, when it got out of hand, it didn't feel like he was going to be um, – the one kind of stabilizing things, and that's maybe just a reminder that, like, yeah, he Ke- disappeared. Yeah, Kevin mm-hmm. ha- probably has to be the stabilizer, or Colin, or, or someone like that. All right, we're gonna take one more break and then we're gonna be back. Um, if you haven't already, go find the new Hollinger Nate Duncan podcast from the Lockdown Network. It's gonna give you deep dives into everything in the NBA from John Hollinger, the former Grizzlies front office guy, the, the man who came up with PER, and Nate Duncan, who you know from Dunk Don. Uh, so go check those guys out in their new feed. Find that podcast wherever you get podcasts. We're gonna be right back. Okay, we're back. Chris Manning here with Zach Kolsar. Find him on Twitter at Zach Kolsar. All right, we're just going to wrap this up talking about Darius Garland. Um, some of these shows this year, I think I'm, we're, I'm just going to focus on one guy, one, one stat, one something. I just think Garland's NBA debut, um, to recap his stat line, 32 minutes, 3 of 9 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, didn't get to the line, had one rebound, um, one offense, two rebounds, one offensive, one defensive, five assists, one steal, three turnovers, eight points. Um, I would just say the one thing that was kind of funny was that I don't, I don't know if Austin Carr kept calling for him to change his shoes and then it looked like he rolled his ankle at one point in the third quarter and then he comes back out he's head on. I don't know what he was wearing before, but they were straps, I think, with like Velcro or something. And then he came out in a pair of Kyrie fives, like these red Kyrie fives. Um, what it, just what is your over? I mean, you don't know a ton about Garland yet. Five college games, you have all the high school mixtapes that you have to evaluate through a certain lens. What did you just make of, of him as in his in his official regular season NBA debut? I thought it was exciting seeing him on the court. I thought he like brought like a different type of energy to the Cavs that you know they were missing last season. 
is there a part of his game that like that to you or like oh like that's that that is like what interested me most about about Garland in this. I think he was really like had really well corner awareness. Um, I think he uh, did a good job at playing his spot on the floor, getting open when he could. Uh, I know he didn't put up that many shots, but um, I think that had to do with, uh, you know, like I said, his core awareness. He wasn't, you know, going to force a bad shot. He was going to dish it out before. And, yeah, I think I think that uh, says a lot coming from a, you know, young player, a rookie. So when I was looking at this season, um, one of the categories I felt like was going to be interesting to watch was who led the team in assists. Um, and we'll have to see if this holds up. But if you look at tonight, he led the Cavs in assists. Mm-hmm. Five assists for him. So um, Kevin Love, who, who was my leader, my best guess of who was going to lead the Cavs in assists, was tied with Delhi for a second with three. And then you had Jetty, Sexton, KPJ, and Larry Nantal with two. I thought the three likeliest guys for me... To in being the leaders in assists would have been Love, Nance, and Jetty. I think Delhi could be there as well. If if everything broke right for him, plays enough minutes, whatever. But Darius coming in and being like getting assists, which wasn't something Colin did well last year. Um, him kind of looking to pass a little bit, throwing lobs to guys, even if it didn't work. Like we saw him, um, you know, he threw a, he had a turnover on an entry pass where he was trying to get Kevin Love a post up. Um, he, which isn't great. He missed a lot to Tristan. Like there was some little inside passing that wasn't like super precise, but he's like 19, 20 years old, whatever. Him getting five assists in his debut and like kind of looking to pass like he did, I think is like a pivot to sort of what we expect out of him. And I think that's like the, when you're describing like the energy the Cavs didn't have last year and the energy that like makes him unique on this team, I think that's probably to me where it's rooted in. And it is the pace and everything like that, but his willingness to kind of survey things and make reads, I thought was really interesting. And that's kind of just like makes him, I, I like that he's in the starting lineup too, because it takes some of the pressure off Kevin to have to do that. And it takes pressure off of Jetty to have to do that. Even if those are, that is something those two guys in particular are good at. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it, it, it would be nice to see if Garland can, uh, you know, kind of like say, t- say to Saxons like, Hey, like, you know, the it's, it's in your hand to, you know, put up some shots. I'll, I'll help you get open. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think Garland would have, you know, obviously had a better stat line if the players around him shot a little better tonight. Yeah. Would have had a little more assists, but um, I think that he's going to be really good for Sexton's development. Yeah, I think he should help Colin. I think that's actually like a good, uh, if you're framing it in, in a way, if Colin's going to take 15 shots a game, which seems likely, uh, Darius is probably going to need to be funneling things his way a little bit. And what that tit attack kind of looks like will be interesting. Um, okay, so we wrap up this game, their own one. Get Indiana on Saturday. Zach, for you looking at this, what is just something you would want to see on Saturday? Um, you we're looking at Indiana. Indiana, no Victor Oladipo, but you know, a well coached team has Miles Turner, has Demonis Sabonis, um, gets Malcolm Brogdon this summer. Um, what do you just what would something you would want to see the Cavs from what they did here improve on for Saturday? Like I think the defense as a whole has to improve, but something specifically that would be nice to see is like just the team being a little more aggressive down low. Um, they only got to the free throw line um, about 15 times and, you know, converted 10. You know, I definitely think they, you know, can, you know, make better on getting, you know, free point opportunities like that. If if John Henson is healthy Saturday, would you want to see him inserted into this in some way? Um, yeah, because I think, uh, you know, the bench could use an uplift like that after, you know, a, a rough night one. I think the rim protection would be interesting with him, just like having a guy who can come in, 
Um, at least maybe give Tristan like some different ones. I just yeah, I know we we mentioned uh, how how good Tristan and Love were on the boards. I don't think it was nice I think Lance. Lance, yeah. uh, Lance yeah, was good. Yeah. I don't even think we gave Tristan enough credit because I I thought he looked spry and good. He did airball that shot, which which was a tough look for Tristan. But I thought he like overall looked pretty good. I thought he did a really nice job on Nikola Vucevic. Um, I would say the one thing too for me is you know you're gonna get guards on Saturday. I would say the one thing with the, on the defensive end that stood out was. Sexton was better at, like, containing drives a little bit, but, like, Garland got smoked a bunch. Um, and there was even that play. There was that Mark Kelfold's dunk. You know what I'm talking about? Sexton and Garland are both, like, in his path, and neither of them, like, tried to just foul him to stop the play, uh, which might have been a clear path, but or didn't, like, try to, like, just make him work a little bit harder. He just, like, rolled right past them, and Beeline, like, immediately was like, guys, like, was, you could see him, like, getting annoyed about it. I want to see if you see stuff like that improve the transition game. I gotta look. I'm gonna look up the numbers here and just tell you. But uh, fast break points, 14 for Orlando, 10 for the Cavs. Orlando gets 50 points in the paint. Um, I think some of that is those things kind of mesh together based on just my first watch. I I wonder if there's just something that we see better in terms of those guys just learning. That's probably gonna be a season long thing to see. But I that I think that part of that has to be a little bit better. Uh, Gizek, I was get, we wrap up here with you, and thanks again for coming on and chatting about this and me roping you into this. So we were just hanging out watching the game. What is just give me a, a take? I don't care how strongly you believe it. I don't care how like well researched it is. Just give me like something you feel is true about this group, this cast team. I issued ten of these, and like I feel some of them are pretty hot and pretty takey. Just give me a take. Uh, here, I'm gonna go and. Uh possibly make some people upset and say that uh, their Cavs are going to lose more games this year than they lost last year. So that's 63 losses, I think, last year. And your logic for that is is what? So, I I mean, I do think they got better as a team. I, you know, I, obviously, I think they added parts that make them better as a team, but I don't think that any team in the NBA got worse. I think that's fair, and I think like even if the East is like... Yeah. Like, the only team that I feel like, I feel like, I guess I haven't watched these teams yet, and, like, Nick Batum got her for Charlotte. The only two teams I think are probably worse than the Cavs are New York and Charlotte. I think that's probably yeah. it. You know, the Knicks have, like, all I the power forwards. New York, forwards, for sure. All the power forwards. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be tough. I think there are, I think it's worth noting, like, you are going to have games like this where they do really good stuff, stuff I that's do, encouraging, but, they're like, gonna they be more compa- They're going to be more competitive this year. Yeah. You know, like, and I, I think that this game was a, you know, a good example of that, you know, they're not yeah. quite there, but, like, you know, they fought. Like, yeah, I think what you're saying is that they fought and, like, put up an effort. I don't think they would have in the back stretch of last year. That's a good thing. Um, we're going to wrap that up here. That is going to be today's Lockdown Cast for Thursday, October 24th. Zach, thank you so much for coming on. Anytime. Yeah, Thanks fine. so much, guys. Yeah, this is going to be a recurring thing. I'm going to rope you into this. You're going to come over, watch some road games, and we're going to talk about the Cavs. But find him on Twitter at Zach Presents. Um, just find everything he does. He's got great music tweets. Knows more about music than anybody I know. And also knows a ton about the Cavs, too. It's a great mix. But uh, find me on Twitter at CWMRights. Again, back tomorrow. Talking about Alfonso McKinney. Talking about Cavs Pacers in some capacity. Thanks for listening.